gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamentalism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, and we're going hard in the paint today. Uh, it is it is just a, an absolute blessing uh, being with the guests today that we uh, we just by happenstance met on an airplane. And I'll get to that. But before I do, I want to shout out to our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle has been with us from the jump. You guys know what it is. Go to charliehustle.com to learn more of their amazing threads and also to check out what they're doing for 1K for KC. Uh, 1Kforkc.org is bringing financial relief to uh, individuals and families impacted by COVID. So learn more about Charlie Hustle, 1Kforkc.org. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is the first time you've ever tuned in, we are Fundamism, the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. And the guest that we have today is, he is just the living embodiment of fun. Uh, and I hope I get the last name. This is like the second time I've ever talked to you. Josh Sakima, is it Sakima? Sakima, Sakima, you almost got it. It was quick, it was quick. It was just, hey, I'll, I, we met on an airplane, man. So I can't really, you know, I can't, I can't put too much pressure on you. Yeah, dude. And I, and I want to talk about that because I had that internal voice that was like, you should talk to him. You should talk to him. And then I was like, nah, I don't want to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, so I want to kind of talk about that whole process. But Josh, you are a director, a uh, creative savant. You do a lot of things for fun. Uh, just as a, as a little, uh, a little insight into your life, what is it do you do for fun? Um, well, I am actually, I'm a director, music, music videos, commercials, um, short form uh, narratives now doing getting into the short film world. I, I work for fun. My job is such a blessing. I mean, stuff that I get to do is, is amazing. I travel the world um, and, and I enjoy, um, I enjoy what I do. So that uh, first of all, that's, that's the first thing I do for fun. Um, and it's, it's such a blessing for me to be able to do that. Um, outside of that, I, I'm really, you know, I know this sounds corny cause I'm a director, but I love to watch film. Yeah. So, um, you know, any action thriller, I'm all for it right now, but that's, that's the biggest thing for fun. Otherwise you're going to catch me by the pool. That's what I do for fun, man. So love it. So yeah. I know I'm putting you on the spot, man. We've done little, uh, to zero prep as evidenced by the fact that I butchered your last name. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Instead of action films or, or just digging into a, a few movies, uh, what are the three movies that just hit your mind right now that you enjoy watching? Like, I don't even just... Yep. Three ones at top that hit your hit your ears just right. Uh, Goodfellas, um, and then this is not in any order, but uh, I just saw Tenant, um, and then rewatched it three times, and then went back and watched Inception. So those are the top three that are on my mind right now. Yeah, I saw. I watched Goodfellas on the airplane, so you know that always you know comes into comes into play. The airplane, the good old airplane movies, for sure. Uh, in studio surround on our uh, suspect earbuds and the any yes. three by three uh, TV screen four exactly. by four exactly. So uh, Tenet, you've watched it four times or five times, so that tells me that you enjoyed it. Uh, talk yeah. to me about that experience. We watched it in the theater. I was one of two people in the theater. Yeah. It was amazing. I watched it in four D, and uh, yeah. there's so many moving parts. Yeah. I think I think with a movie like that, you're not going to get it first round. Um, yeah. I remember watching Inception too, um, and that was just one of those that I was just like, "Man, I, I got to sit there." It's Christopher Nolan, always you know, going to come back in your face, give you something to really think about. Um, so my director and I, my co-director, that's on the uh, film that we'll get into. Um, you know, we were like here in LA, we can't go to movie theaters, so um, we were back home in Michigan. Um, and we we're in this brand new theater. It was amazing. Um, 
I mean, that experience for me, it had been so long that I'd been in a theater. Um, so overall, just the experience was amazing. So I was like, why not at least go three more times and, and check it out? Did you do it all while you were up there in GR? All while I was up there, man. I was there <laughs> every single night. I was enjoying it because, you know, the, the theater was brand new, it was just built, um, and they had done their soft opening like four months ago four or five months ago. And I was like, oh man, I just need to get out. I need to get in a theater. Um, and the movie experience was amazing. Plus it couldn't have been a better movie uh, for me to go see. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, so you mentioned, uh, or we mentioned GR Grand Rapids, uh, which is exactly how we met. So yeah. uh, I went to my first uh, event out of state since COVID happened. I, I'll never yeah. forget my, my last one. Uh, it culminated at a trip to Chicago for Allied Van Lines. And okay. uh, that was in March. That was the last yeah. time I got on an airplane. And so uh, since then, as you have, we've kind of kind of figured out what we're doing and, and navigating a different type of space. But got yeah. on an airplane and I, I'm chilling. And I think we connected in Detroit, if I'm not. Yeah. Yep. Thinking. Uh, Grand Rap, I think we flew in. We both flew in at the. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was Detroit. Wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. guys, you guys, you and your boy, John. John. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Me. I, I got a steel trap for a memory. I don't, though. Yeah, no, you're uh, killing it. <laughs> so you and John, I, I see you guys talking before we're boarding and you guys kind of, I mean, you know, man, you're an energy guy. I could tell by the yeah. way that you carry yourself. I could tell by your Instagram feed and some of the things that you post, you guys were just, you were chopping it up and I could tell that your energy was r just right. Like both smiles, you were going to do something fun. I didn't know what the hell it was, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I could exactly. tell the vibe was right. Yeah. And just by happenstance, you guys sit right in front of me. I don't say a word. I'm just kind of yeah. listening to you guys. You yeah. guys were, and I remember John said, dude, you are probably the best friend that a guy could have. I remember that's one thing that he said. Yeah. Yeah. And then as we got ready to get off the plane, you said to him, let's go make this money, son. Let's yeah. go. Let's go make this money. Yeah. And I was like, what are these guys doing? Right. I mean, it was just, I think, um, so the, the money thing is not, please don't play that off too much because money is like so irrelevant from what I'm doing, but yes, it is a, a little bit of a motive of what I'm doing. Um, just because, you know, you got to make money at some point in my career, uh, as creatives were probably like the last ones to make money. Um, but you know, as far as, um, the first part making the movie, um, I was just pumped to be back home in the city that I love yes. to be back in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was very full circle for me to make the first short film, um, that I had, I had ever even like laid eyes on, you know, as far as getting the script and flushing it out and, and working with John. You know, it was such an honor just to be there. And, and, and then, the, you know, the energy, like you said, the energy off of the plane, we like, let me just, ex, you know, explain for your viewers, like this is a self-funded film. Uh, so not only are, are we all pouring our money and time into it, uh, but we had labored the last like year over like flushing out the, the script, over the dialogue, over putting all this energy. And it was almost like, uh, it was insane getting off of that plane being like, looking at each other, it's like, well, we're here, like it's time to do it. So either we have a really positive, you know, high energy, um, you know, attitude, or, you know, we, you know, start, our, how are we going to start this off? You know? Um, so it was just, you know, I think that go get it, go get that money, son. Like that line was more for me to just like, you know, let's, let's go get it. Like it's time, you know? Listen, so, uh, you're coming from a, a dude that, that, uh, kind of chills in your space. I've worked yeah. with a lot of, uh, 
a lot of directors, a lot of videographers, which are obviously two definitively different things. So don't get yeah. it twisted there. Well, I appreciate you saying that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I you saying that. Dude, listen, yeah. and, and I want to talk about the skill set of different videographers and producers and all that stuff, because it's really interesting that you've, you know, as a, as a speaker, I always thought, man, I just need to record everything. I need to go fire. I need to go find somebody that could, that could capture a vision. I need to go find something. Well, there's all different types of folks. There's creatives that are great at filming and specifically yeah. not necessarily storytelling, but just showing up and doing the damn thing the day of, right? Yeah. You got other folks that are decent at storytelling and they want to do a storyboard before they even get out on site. You got other folks that yeah. are terrible at shooting, but they're phenomenal at editing, right? So yeah. There's so many different facets of what it is that you do that I want to get into, but, but, but just to kind of backtrack just a little bit, huh. listen, as a creative, uh, I can relate to, um, to first starting out. Like we've, we get the luxury of doing what we actually truly love and we get to define it as work. Right. But yeah. nobody ever talks about the two, three, four, five, six years that it took to build yeah, up right. to the point where we're actually getting uh, revenue for what we love. And so, yeah. um, you know, I myself, I, I had $40,000 in credit card debt to start this speaking thing off. I didn't even know what the uh, hell I was. So my point okay. is, when I hear somebody like you say, let's go get this money, I know that it's not about money as evidenced by the way that you yeah. carry yourself and all the yeah. amazing stuff that you put out into the world after the fact. But it is, it's a call out to say, let's, let's get to work, son. Let's put the backpack on and let's go do the damn thing. So, yep. bro, you get off the plane and you talk about the energy being right. I still haven't said two words to you. And yeah. we're, uh, we're waiting on our bags. And uh, one of the ground, uh, one of the ground, uh, employees from, from yeah. Delta Airlines sees you and he's like, what's up, Josh? And he's like, he starts dapping you up and loving on you and stuff like that. And he's like, what are you doing back in town? And dude, to see, like, you would have thought that this guy had seen a legend. Like you were, you were bringing something back to GR and joy yeah. that this guy was like on cloud nine. Right. So talk to me about that experience. Who was that gentleman and what does Grand Rapids mean to you coming in from LA? Yeah, it was a, a good friend of mine, um, but he he actually knew me kind of in that um, conception phase where I was um, really starting to hone my craft back home. Um, I was working in the in the local industry, and he is too. Um, and you know, we had just chopped it up. I've always been good, you know, with with him and interacting with him and and being one of those you know positive lights kind of in, you know, his world. So he looked at me and, and, you know, he probably from his perspective was a little shocked to see me because he knows that I live in LA. Um, I also didn't really put it out there that we were shooting that week. Um, I had just said that we were, you know, we were coming back to shoot a film. Uh, didn't really give specifics when. So I'm sure to see an old friend, you know, pop off the airplane, it's probably a little bit of a mind uh, juggle. Yeah. But with him, it was really cool because he was, you know, that energy that you had mentioned um, comes from me putting, you know, uh, six to 10 years in just groundwork um, back home and just really connecting with the community, building those friendships so that someday, you know, um, I can go back and I can be welcomed like he, you know, welcomed me and embraced. And, and that's the how he acted. It was how the entire community actually rallied around us for this film, um, which was absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, it is. I will toot my own horn, just a testament of how I was um, when I was younger and, and growing up. And I always made sure I was good with everybody. I never really burned a bridge. And 
um, I always made sure like, you know, I, I stood my ground in what I believed and, and I always, you know, would come back and really rep my city um, in everything I do. Man. Well, I, I feel like that is why I had to have you on the podcast right there is because um, you and I are very similar in that uh, our love for where we come from mm-hmm. is second to none. And you live in LA, like you've been doing big things. Uh, you're all over the globe. I've seen you travel all over the place. Yeah. And to hear you talk about Grand Rapids and to see you post about Grand Rapids and to, to know that you came all the way back to Grand Rap- Rapids to shoot a documentary tells uh, our listeners everything they need to know about you and how grounded you are. So you keep referencing this film and I think now is the perfect time to talk about it because, um, you know, I was was sitting there waiting on my bag. And again, I I hear these conversations and you said to the the ground control guy, what was his name? Forgive my ignorance. Uh, Potty, Potty Uh, Ellen. So you you say to him, oh, I'm in in town shooting a a documentary, right? And my ears perk up and Mm -hmm. I'm a guy that I'll talk to anybody. Like, I, I feel like nobody on this planet gets enough appreciation or gets to feel valued enough. Uh, but the same token, uh, I, I'm not really blown away by like celebrities and stuff like that. And I know that everybody wants to keep their space and I'm not yeah. calling you a celebrity, but you get my drift. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You know how people start clout chasing, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, I gotta, this dude's in film. I got to talk to this guy. So so I didn't say anything then. And, uh, and I heard a couple more interactions. And finally, I'm like, Hey man, I, I hear that you're in town shooting a documentary. What's the concept? Yeah. And then uh, you had my you had my heart, dude. So talk yeah. to us about the concept. Um, real quick, I'll just give you a brief synopsis. Um, the story is based off of uh, uh, some uh, few different stories, um, uh, true events that actually happened. Uh, we follow a um, in the story. We follow a young boy. His name's King, uh, 15 years old. Um, through this. Uh, big life event, he, uh, he sees a little girl get abducted in his neighborhood um, and he hops on his bike and he chases this, uh, this assailant that has this girl um, in the back of his car all over the city, um, what, and which ends up being Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he knows all these shortcuts and um, he's about to give up. He has these you know, trials and tribulations along the way, um, but then we pop into his thoughts um and his memory bank of him and his father um so then we get some background on his father and and all these values that his father instilled in him and his core values help him get over this um huge life event and and ends up um being a hero i won't give away too much um but you know it's just a very heartfelt story that's predicated on um on uh racial injustice and child trafficking two uh huge issues that are now um i feel like that they are at the forefront of society right now and uh what better way to you know even shed a light on those and and create more dialogue than off of uh, a, a film for sure what's 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 amazing about that is you're telling me this story immediately i'm like Dude, I'm, I swear I just read about this on Twitter. Yeah, yeah dude, it's been, it's been all over the place, right? So his name, forgive me, is it Kane or King? King. King. Yep, you're cool. King. Yep. Awesome. King and his father, his father is Lucas. Okay, yep. so King and Lucas, uh, and talking about their relationship, obviously, and uh, King getting to play the role of a hero, and actually not even playing a role. I mean, at yeah. this point, this is who yeah. and what he is yeah. in life, right? Yep. So... 
So something's in the clouds, right? Something in the yep. clouds. That's yep. that's the title of this documentary film. Uh, yep. How did you how did you land upon that name, and what really inspired you to to get with this project in the first place? So um, first of all, something in the clouds came from um, my buddy uh, John McLean, um, who is my co-director. Um, funny uh, story, real quick. We were at LA Fitness. Um, uh, I was, you know, because I'm so big. Uh, but but I was working out next to him. This guy's ripped. Right. And he's head to toe in Detroit gear. And, um, you know, I'm nosy. So the first thing, um, I say is, Hey, are you from Michigan? He's like, yeah, I mean, duh. Um, and, uh, I was like, Hey, I'm from Grand Rapids. Um, where are you from? He says Detroit. And from there goes this ongoing dialogue, um, because it, uh, Michigan people out here in LA definitely tend to stick together. Um, whether it be, you know, they work together or they stay close and stay in touch because we're, we have that, you know, good Midwest relationship. Um, so after we met, um, I was like, Hey, I'm a director. And he's like, that's funny. I'm a writer and I would love to get into more directing. Um, and then boom, it was history. Um, we became instantly really, really good friends. And, and now I can say we're best friends off of <laughs> the, the child that we created, uh, per se, this, this film. Um, but we've worked together. We, in the past, we've done, um, we did this music video for an artist named Ro Timmy. Uh, it's called Love Rhythm. Um, Rolling Stones named it uh, top 10 uh, R&B songs of last year. Um, and then we went on to direct. He did this last uh, music video with me um, for two different artists. Uh, we did Stokely and then Snoop Dogg. Um, one of which uh, went was uh, Billboard number one. Um, so we did some notable projects together, and we, you know, people are like, "You guys are so in sync." And um, you know, John's a, a just a, a really, really good dude, and to find that in LA is special. And uh, we just have we have a, a great working relationship, a great um, friendship, and um, I, it's. You know, like when I talk, when we talk about energy, it's just everything came so full circle in that moment. Um, the last 10 to 12 days have honestly felt like a whirlwind, um, but it was the best um, full circle moment that it could have been. It was amazing. And that's what I want to talk to you about next, because uh, we met uh, in the in the walkway or the yeah. breezeway of the airplane, right? And then yeah. I, and really cool of you, uh, I, don't, I don't know what prompted this by any means, but um I ended up asking you a follow-up question. What was uh, what is a, a project that you're most passionate about? And you start talking about an NBA deal that you were working with on Baron Davis and stuff like that. And uh, you're like, "Are you in the NBA?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I love the NBA." And I start talking to you about some some dudes and stuff that I'd done. And you're like, "Hey, man, I'd like to follow you on Instagram. Let's connect." And that you know, people talk all the time, but then making it official to actually carry on uh, yeah. some kind of relationship or friendship after that is it's, it's something. And that really stuck with me so much so that I went to your Instagram page and I saw your GoFundMe and, and I was moved by it and I researched it. Then I started following your journey and every single day, just as a director does, you're telling a story on your Instagram page um, that, that is that is basically allowing me to feel as though I'm there and seeing what your thought process is and, and uh, all the technology that you guys are leveraging. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, I got a million questions about that. But before I get to it, how long in your relationship with John McClane did it take for you to bring up the fact that he was perhaps the greatest action movie star of all time in Die Hard? 
<laughs> that's funny. That's, that's funny. That's so great. No, I mean, listen, this dude is, I mean, you saw him, but yeah. if he, he takes a sweatshirt off, he's huge. So, um, and I'll, yeah, I'm trying to just take some notes cause I just wear, you know, I, I cover it all up with the sweatshirts and everything, but you know, someday I'll get there. Oh man. Through, uh, through, through good energy and hard work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how do you, so first of all, as a, as a gentleman that one of my bucket list items, Josh, has always been to do a documentary on um, mental health. And specifically, I got a lot of folks in my family, my brother, my dad, who has long since passed, my grandfather, uh, an uncle, that really struggles significantly in mental health. And so yeah. it is my belief that, um, that when you're struggling with mental health, you have to introduce things that can interrupt those negative brain patterns and bring a little more joy, right? Even when you tell yourself you don't, oh, gosh, all I want to do is sit here on the couch and be mindless. Yep. Sometimes that's the worst place to be, right? Because you're just, yeah. you're just, exactly. so I've long wanted to do a documentary on incorporating fundamentalism with identifying, you know, three to four individuals and following them along in their journey and yeah. creating an environment where they are literally forced to incorporate fun things in their life and to see yeah. if it has any profound impact on their mind or their lifestyle. So, so that is how I'm watching your Instagram page and seeing all the things that are going into it. And I'm like, dude, I have not even the, the, the sharpest clue or the first clue on where to start with a documentary. You go back to GR, what's the first thing? I mean, obviously there's a lot of preparation in yeah. advance of this thing, but talk to us about establishing the documentary and first steps to getting it underway. So um, really you have to, it starts with the script, right? And having, um, in this in this short film it's like having um having the basis of your production right so you need to have um obviously funding comes in and is a big thing um but you know first it's just laying the story down okay and then you know um i act more as a, a producer director and john's more of a writer director um so the two worlds kind of collide we become kind of this uh amazing uh, force, right? And we both have our strong suits. So, you know, while he's revising the script to kind of match now our city, which is Grand Rapids, obviously there's some, you know, restrictions. Um, but even, um, you know, months prior to you, you know, us even meeting, John and I had to fly out. We had to do our location scout, which is when you go and you travel through the city, you take photos and you find your scenes for the movie, right? And then once he found that, he was like, wow, I'd this is now playing out in my head. I got to revise the script a little bit more. And then, it, you know, we get down to this, you know, really tight script with locations that match. Um, now it's time to go, right? You hit go, you hire a producer, you hire, you know, your crew, which is, um, I hired all my friends from here um, to fly out along with um, guys from Detroit and from Grand Rapids. You know, you got to get your vendors to do your catering to, you know, to do your rentals for all your gear, um, we even had a guy that came out for us, um, my grip, my lead grip, uh, Cody, he drove 2,700 miles from LA to Grand Rapids just for this um, film. So it's just finding your tribe, you know, and, and having those guys that'll, that'll really go with you and girls, uh, the extra length and, and they all played their part. They all did an amazing job. The energy was there. Um, but really, it's just that process of, of beginning production and then, you know, going out and doing it. So you're there on site. 
And obviously a ton of prep work is evidenced by all the things that you just said, right? You're there on site. Well, then, you know, I see you guys, I mean, there's a car chase in the film and you guys got, you got a car all strapped up with, you know, and, and so talk to me about that. Obviously that was all planned out prior to you getting there as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, we got there, we do our final, um, location, um, just, walk through with the whole team. Once everybody arrived, um, you know, production began, we started building the camera um, and all the gear. We had a camera car, um, which is this big, it was actually a truck that had the camera attached to it so that we can get these awesome chase scenes. Um, We had a moped that had the camera on it with the same uh, rig. There were so many elements that we brought to the story uh, to increase the value of the, you know, of the production. Um, But, you know, once we got there, we had to map everything out. So we had the local community involved, uh, the mayor, the city was amazing. We had to secure permits for all this. Everybody pitched in so that we could finally get to that point where it's like, okay, we can go out and shoot. Um, so obviously you can't just go out in the middle of the road and shoot a chase scene, right? So uh, we had local law enforcement, they helped out. Um, we had um, a couple of officers that were amazing that were with us the whole time and just allowed us to get these beautiful shots in the city. So you're filming for multiple days. Uh, yep. you got the cops, got the mayor, got all your staff and crew chilling. Uh, it culminates in the final day when it's just pouring down rain. Uh, yeah. again, yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to you. This is all straight no, up it's amazing. on your Instagram. So you have. No, you watched. <laughs> you watched. You've done your homework. You? <laughs> so, so, and then there's like this, this moment uh, where you just got, you, you get to sit back and take it all in. Talk to us about that one singular moment that happened. So real, yeah, real quick before that, something happened. There was, we were on our last scene and it's pouring down raining, right? Which will not match with our cloudy overcast. Um, you know, obviously when it's pouring down rain, you can see it on camera, right? So, you know, we just need one little thing, one little thing. So uh, John goes up the hill. It was, a, it was a scene where this bike needed to, you know, come down the hill and race down and go across the street. That's literally the only shot we needed. And John goes up, does a little prayer and, um, and just, you know, he's like, why is this happening right now? It's gone so smoothly. Um, and so in the sky, I'm not, this is so true. And it's, it's crazy. It gives me chills just thinking about it. But in the sky opened up like maybe a, uh, a two minute window. And it just like, it was dark gray, like just, you know, total rain, thunderstorm. And in the middle, there was just this pocket of blue sky. And it came over, gave us a two minute window to where we could get this shot. And we finished out that way. Um, so then I, you know, I'm, I went to the Instagram and I, I don't do enough of this, but I need to start recording more like streams of consciousness just so that I'm not just this, you know, um, this guy that, you know, seems like he's in, you know, got everything all together. Yeah, um, Knots and chilling with Snoop Dogg. And- <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm just something a little bit more real. <laughs> so when I get, you know, when, when we get back to the car, you know, John went and got a coffee for us after, and that's after we wrapped, um, it, it started settling in. And I was like, wow, this, um, this happened, you know, we did this and, and the sky opened up, um, which is so like, it's something in the clouds, right? Like it's just like everything worked out. Um, 
and it was like I said, it was a, a combination of everybody's energy, really. Um, you know, I, I keep hearing feedback from people and uh, whether it be crew or, um, you know, community leaders that have, have emailed us or called and said, like, you know, when can you come back yes. <laughs> and shoot another one? And um, in all my crew, you know, they were really, you know, the energy was amazing. They've spoken highly of the film in the process, even everybody that was involved. Um, it was just that energy that really had hit all in one moment. I, you know, um, you saw it, but I'll probably repost it at some point because I, you know, I saved it. But it was just a stream of consciousness where I was like, "Hey, look, I'm just so uh, thankful. I have a lot of gratitude because really, it took the whole community to get together to be able to make this happen. So, and the energy was perfect, which uh, which caused um, us to create something amazing." So I'm, I'm really excited for everybody to see it. Something in the clouds. It's going to be, uh, it's definitely going to be, uh, well, it's my first one, but it's going to be my proudest um, moment when you guys it's get gonna to It's going to be a banger it. for sure, dude. I cannot wait uh, to watch it. What are the next steps? So where does it stand? What's production yeah. like? All that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, it goes into editing now. And then uh, post-production sound and Foley will come in. Foley is like all the sounds that you hear, right? The tires screeching and, you know, the leaves crunching um, with the tires going over it, like stuff like that. You know, yeah. you got to hear. Um, so um, it'll go into uh, a phase where it goes into just general assembly. And then once it's uh, assembled in editing, then we go down to refined cut. And then we refine, refine, refine until we get this beautiful piece. Then it's off to sound. Yeah. Sound comes in, do, you know, they'll do the score. And, and then uh, hopefully we'll have a finished product in a couple of months that uh, we, can, we can go back and premiere. All that stuff in a couple of months. Uh, thank you for indulging in that because I think sometimes it's really cool to see. Yeah. All we see is the, the ultimate desired outcome, like the output, yep. right? We don't see all the stuff that goes into it. And uh, yep. I think it's interesting to hear the level of detail, the time and commitment that it takes to make a film. Um, to, so I, I want to talk a little bit about what got you to this point. But before yeah. we do, uh, you mentioned something that's really important to me. You talked about energy. You talked about the, the people being right and people reaching out uh, as an extension of your time in GR saying, when are you guys coming back? You know, I yeah. find the older I get, the circle gets smaller and smaller, right? Very true. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I mean, we all know people when they come into the room, the room brightens up a little bit. And then we know folks that when they leave the room, the room brightens up a little bit, right? And so when you find a light, when you find energy, it's like, you got to take advantage. You got to learn more. And and if it's not just to connect and and create a long lasting relationship, it's it's at least to learn a little bit something, to, to, to learn a little bit more about that light in somebody else in hopes of potentially igniting something in our own selves. So kudos to you for being honest in that um, you talked about the authentic nature of your Instagram and, uh, you know, social media is, it's, it's such, it's the best and the worst. Right. And I struggle with this all the time because as a speaker, like I'm marketing a singular person all the time and it just feels so grimy and narcissistic. So it's like this, this healthy balance of, the authentic nature of who I am versus what I want folks to understand that I do. So dude, it's really refreshing to hear somebody like you with as much as you've done, uh, really identify the fact that, that there's more to the story. And that's what I want to talk about now. How the hell did you get here? So you're living in LA, you came yeah. from GR, obviously there's a lot of steps in between there. Uh, yeah. How did you get into film and, and production? 
Yes. So I'll just make a long story short here. Um, started off, I uh, graduated high school, um, didn't get accepted to any of the film schools that I wanted to get into, unfortunately. Uh, just didn't have the financial backing there at the time. So um, resorted to community college, which is free. Um, you know, when you're looking in the sense of the, the ballpark numbers that I was looking at. Um, so went to community college. Um, they give you this card, right? This uh, prepaid government card uh, with FAFSA money. It's like a $5,000, um, you know, government loan. So, uh, you know, initiate all the classes, drop out, month, you know, like a month later when you can, you know, I hit that window um, of when I can get all the money back, reload it on the card. So drop out, have the money on the card, uh, go buy my first camera and laptop. And just went to work. Didn't know what I was going to do. Um, started little spec work at a radio station. Uh, worked my way up to, to finding the general manager uh, that I met in high school through a job shadow that we did um, at a local news station. Um, and from there, it's history. I worked my way up in the, in the local industry and then ended up securing a, a job at the news station. Um, did that for four years. So did everything from, you know, working at the news station, um, my first shift, I don't know if you've seen Nightcrawler, but it was uh, from midnight till noon yes. the next day. So that was me. Um, so that was the first two years of my life. And then uh, before, you know, I'd go in for a shift at, at midnight, I would catch a show at a local uh, uh, music venue, the intersection actually in Grand Rapids, and I would film local talent. And I would also film the, the you know, if I could, the headliners. And so uh, I'd make these little promo recaps and then I'd go to my, you know, I'd go to my job, you know, work at the job, and then I'd go home and I'd send out some, you know, music managers, musicians, you know, these little promos that I did. And I, that's kind of was my end. I would find, you know, I would just grind it out there and, you know, get their cards, get their emails, send them what I could do, you know, you know, tell them who I was, what I'm looking to do. And, you know, ended up working out four years later, um, Working at the news station was kind of like my college, I call it, because I, I got to, you know, get paid uh, to grow up. And, and I um, fortunately had that job, which is amazing. And then I moved out to L.A. So you just, and, you uh, just grab here. it all and you go to L.A.? Go to L.A. and uh, no real security at all. No job. Um, had some money in the bank because I was living at my parents' house. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I had that news job, which paid pretty well. And so I, I came out to LA and then lost all my money <laughs> <laughs> and just persevered through it. And, and I found it, I, I connected, grinded it out as much as I could, did little videos here and there. Um, wanted to, uh, linking up with an artist that I did, uh, I worked a, a really big record with, um, at RCA Records, then I ended up working there at an under label there for um, two years. Um, then I worked at an indie label, uh, kind of floated around, worked for myself, and and now I'm here. I'm, um, you know, trying to tone down the music videos a little bit um, and get more into either um, docu work or short film narrative. Yes. Um, commercials even are fun for me. Um, but just trying to now evolve as a director. Um, I have this culmination of, you know, music in my life um, and film and this passion to create something. So it's all just culminating into one thing for me. And, and I think let's just, um, just to sidetrack it too, this conversation um, ties in so well with what, you know, life is today. You know, um, 
when you look at shooting production wise um, with COVID, you have to be very mindful of, of exposure and getting tests. And, and so the modern day um, director that can shoot, film, edit, produce, right? They're the ones winning right now, you know, because the big studios are shut down. Agencies are very leery of shooting. So it's all on, you know, guys like me, guys and girls like me that can go out, get it, bootstrap it, right? And, and get the job done uh, safely. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, you know, that's the big thing today that um, really culminated from my life and my journey is like, now I'm, I'm that guy that can really, you know, I can do it all. I can, you have multiple hands and, 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 and help me or I can do it all myself. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's playing out for me uh, in, in, a, in a great light. In, uh, in energy and vibes and, and what you're able to accomplish as a result. And that kind of comes full circle to what I was talking about um, earlier on when you find individuals to work with and some folks really like the editing versus the filming or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but what's funny about that is, you know, th- there are pros and cons to both of those things. You get really, really good at one particular facet, right? But then you neglect another. And so, for example, as a business individual, I, you know, I had somebody that was amazing at shooting, but they hated editing so much that, dude, it was one, two, three months before I got my content, at which point my content's irrelevant. So it's like, what, are, what did I pay for? So the fact that you throw all your energy into learning all the nuances has provided you an opportunity to thrive. And, you know, I, I'm not a believer in luck. A lot of folks talk to me about, especially before like I do a presentation, hey, good luck out there or break a leg or whatever. I don't believe in luck. I believe in energy, right? And, <laughs> and manifestation and all that stuff. And so uh, I don't I don't believe that you're lucky. I believe that you have put yourself in a position uh, through a series of events and hard work and connections that have really put you in a position to uh, sets you up for everything that you desire and whatever that looks like monetarily, joy, fun, fulfillment, probably more so knowing you. But uh, when I go to your Instagram feed and you're like, yeah, I've done a couple of things. And I just see, first and foremost, I asked you, you go, oh, I do a lot of space. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of like R&B, old school R&B. And I'm like, dude, you're like 25 years old. What do you know about old school R&B? And so like, I'm just hearing everything you say. And I'm like, this dude is, this dude's like me. So then I go to your Instagram page and I see Snoop Dogg. And then I see a queen on there, man. And I, got, I, I saw that you traveled, traveled uh, internationally with uh, one of my favorite songs, man. It's, even though I want to see how you put that thing on me. Oh my God, Maya, look at you. You're a big Maya fan, huh? Me. Okay. I'm a music fan, dude. Good, so, good for you. So Love I want to say that you don't just fall into a gig with Maya or Snoop Dogg or whatever it may be. You're out in LA. Like, what's your first like big, big project that you're like, how the hell did I get here? Um, It's funny. I, I think... Uh, well, you know, Maya and I have a, a huge history. Um, just the last like two years, I feel like three years. I've known her for, God, it's been like almost four years now, I think. Um, but we just, history, because we've been everywhere together. Um, Hawaii, you know, Bali, Indonesia, uh, went across Europe uh, the last uh, year. And um, I think her and I just, we, you know, fell in line because of a, a, co- a friend of mine, a mutual friend. And, um, she just trusted me. Um, and her, her, her camp is, her circle is very small. Um, 
And, you know, I look at her like, you know, that's my sister. So, and we've had that, that relationship, um, you know, and that dialogue together always, uh, which is a blessing, but, you know, really the first thing I think with her, um, it was, uh, I can honestly say it really didn't hit me until we were in Hawaii. We shot a, a, a film, uh, a music video. And we're sitting there and, um, and I'm just enjoying myself at the beach. She's like looking out in the water and I have this video on my phone and it's like, I'm just listening to music. Right. And her song like comes on. Right. And she's like standing there and I'm like, it, this is like a, a funny moment for me that I'm internalizing because at one point I used to watch her on MTV, you know, um, on, on VH1 on, you know, on the box, like all those, um, channels, I would see her and to have, you know, that manifestation of seeing her right there and I'm shooting a music video, but then her old school songs come up. Um, it was insane for me to have that moment. And, uh, really growing up, I had this, um, I had this, this problem of like, I would see on the TV, right. I'd watch Carson. I'd watch the, um, top, you know, 40 countdown on MTV TRL. And I had this problem where I was like, I'm missing it. I'm missing my, my calling, my passion. I'm missing it. I'm missing uh, spring break MTV. I'm, I'm missing the whole journey. I always felt left out. Like I, it was a, it was a problem for me. I really got down on myself about the fact that I'm missing the train, um, which was true. I did miss an era. Um, but I think now why I tap into that and why it relates so much is because I have an old soul and, um, and now being able to work with all these people, um, people don't understand that these artists are still making amazing money. Uh, most of them are making more money than they ever have, um, which is an amazing time in, in, um, in the world right now. And a lot of people are demanding it. Um, so this last tour that we went on through Europe was, um, you know, the headliners, it was Nelly, um, Shaggy, salt and Pepper, uh, Maya, Eve, uh, Blue Cantrell, Fat Man Scoop. I mean, it was just like literally everybody that I ever, you know, watched on the TV. I was like, oh, thanks, God. Like, I finally <laughs> get that one opportunity to really travel the world and do it, um, which is a blessing. I think it kind of closed a chapter in my life where I, um, you know, not necessarily fully because I still embody that, but it really did. That was my first moment where, um, you know, the first big moment where I was like, wow, like I can, I can close it. You know, I can close that book and say, look, I really did do it. You know, I got to hang with the people that I used to see on TV. God gave me that moment. That was amazing. Um, and so even, so I would say she was the first artist that I really, that I worked with that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm living out that 12, 13 year old, you know, Josh, when he saw, you know, Carson present her name and she came out and like, that was just really cool with me. And it was, um, it's been amazing to be able to work with her um, on the level that I do and go to the cities that we've gone, the, the countries, I and mean, we've gone literally everywhere. Um, so it's definitely been, it's, you know, that was the moment for me and it was, it's been a blessing. Man. Well, I got two things that I want to wrap up with uh, as we start to close out. So uh, obviously we're, uh, you still got a lot in the works and something in the clouds, right? A lot of work still and, and, and trying to get it out to the masses and all that stuff. Have you identified without revealing too much behind the curtains, what your next project is going to be for a short film perspective? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do know where it'll be shot. 
It won't be shot anywhere else but Grand Rapids, Michigan. Whoa, um, let's go. <laughs> it's just, um, and I say that boldly because the the community's done so much for us, and and they, I know they look forward to um, more. Um, a lot of a lot of my friends are like, oh, I wish I could have, you know, just been out there with you. And I was like, I'm sorry, you know, not everybody can, you know, go on the first one, uh, especially with COVID. You know, we had to keep our set really closed and small. So uh, definitely another opportunity to create. Um, and that's the narrative outside of the narrative. Like, I don't know what the narrative piece will be that we bring back, but I know that the energy that we're talking about will be right for the next one, no matter what it is. So I can probably say that it'll be, it'll be back home and it'll be soon. It, it'll be at least uh, we're probably going to go into pre-production um, in December, um, January area. And we'll go, we'll go into production this spring next break. So, yeah. Man, uh, he moves fast, ladies and gentlemen. You know what's gotta, gotta keep about, it going. You got to, you got to carry forward the moment. Make while iron's hot, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, what's funny about your love for Grand Rapids, like, so I'm Kansas City based. I've lived in Austin, Texas. I've lived in Portland, Oregon. I travel mm-hmm. all over the globe like you. And people don't understand my affection for Kansas City. Like even when I, I lived in Portland for two years and Josh, I never really gave it a shot. Like I was never really present there and identifying what I loved because I missed my home and had such strong affection for the Royals and the Chiefs and my friends and the, the Midwest vibe and all that stuff. And so what's funny about everything that you're saying, you're like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I I know where it'll be shot. It's Grand Rapids. This this podcast is obviously done out of Kansas City. I interview folks from all over the place and people from all over all over the country, all over the nation, they listen in. But it always comes across as a Kansas City-based podcast when that's really just my love coming out for the city. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. And I think you embodying that though, um, I've, I've, a lot of my mentors are telling me, you know, like, um, Hollywood's already been done. Okay. Yeah. You've already, it's already been built, established. Many have fallen, many have risen. Um, now is the time to go back and, and grab the flag, you know, carry the torch per se, grab your community, round them up, build something, and then bring it back. Look at uh, case in point, Tyler Perry, what he did with the city of Atlanta, you know, to now building this massive studio. Um, you know, in, in, in talking with you, you know, that's the same feeling you'll get. I mean, you're, you're building a community with your podcast. Um, you're starting to find out where your listenership is. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with grabbing that and owning it. Um, you know, it's all based on, you know, what, what you feel in your heart, you know, not everybody has to do that. Um, I just feel, you know, that sense of home and community. And I know the people that'll back me, um, and they've never failed. Um, is my home. Dude, uh, the universe is undefeated because you just referenced the last thing I wanted to talk to you about. Again, manifestation, energy, all that jazz. So you mentioned mentors uh, that you've had in life or those that you've surrounded yourself with. Uh, In closing, like, do you have not a quote, maybe a quote, maybe a, a moment where a mentor pulled you aside, maybe something that just hit you just right, that kind of helped propel your mindset or your work ethic or what you wanted to do. Do you have like one moment or one thing that happened uh, that just, that just really hits you just right? Yeah, I'll give you a quote. It's uh, the same ones you see on the way up, you'll see on the way down. And uh, if you can have that attitude um, throughout life um, and that outlook and, and know like, you know, even if you, you know, I, I get it. Sometimes bridges burn and, 
And, uh, but if you can, if you can try to limit that and try to just have a positive attitude, always be true to you. Um, that'll never fail and it'll always be recognized. Um, and, and that's the same attitude that I've kept with, um, this, this whole journey. So, uh, yeah, the same ones you see up, you'll see on the way down. And, uh, and as long as you know that you never let, you know, you starve the ego, um, and you'll never have a problem in life. 100. Flash them pearly whites, throw the deuces up, (laughs) enjoy yourself. Yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to get to know Josh Sikama a little bit better, or, you know, one of my previous clients wants to book you for a commercial or something like that, where do we go to find out more about you? Um, Working on the website right now because the the work is nonstop. Joshua Sikama at gmail.com is my email for inquiries. Um, also, uh, Instagram uh, at the J Sick, that's T H E J S I K K. Um, and then, as soon as the, uh, the website is up and running, it'll be joshuasikama.com. My man. Hey, all of this information will be in the show notes. Uh, to the Fundamism Podcast listener, we greatly appreciate you. Uh, before we get to our closing, Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Our journey doesn't end here. I will be reaching out. You got great energy. I love what you're putting out into the universe. And I cannot freaking wait for something in the clouds to drop. So keep me posted, brother. We can't either. We can't either. So thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. All right, Fundamism listeners, we greatly appreciate you. We could not be this without you. Whatever the hell we are in and out of the top 100 because of you and your desire to gravitate more towards what's good as opposed to what's not. If you have a, uh, if you have a, a, a podcast guest that you think would just be a phenomenal listen, somebody that's living their fun or generating fun in the lives of others, please hit me up. I'd love to know your thoughts. But most importantly, go out and have some fun today and create some fun in the lives of others. So until we catch you on the flip side, Deuces, ladies and gentlemen.